The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Thanks for hanging out. Welcome to Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're powered by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, and you can find us, as always, across the Hale Varsity Radio network. Also on YouTube, the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Hale Varsity Radio Twitter at HVarsity Radio. Give that a follow. We'll get to roll call in our starting five here in just a moment. But a busy show. We'll spend time with Jacob Padella. Talk the hoops weekend with Jacob here in about 15 minutes. In hour two, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports, and the professor, Bill Dolman, joins us. Uh, Jeff Smith, part of those Danny Knee teams. In the early to mid-90s, Coach Smith, an assistant with Coach Knee before going to Lincoln Southeast. We'll check in with the uh, alumni weekend and uh, Coach Knee back in town, which is just awesome. Uh, He'll be honored tomorrow. Pretty excited for the Nebraska-Northwestern game for obvious reasons. Got to have it if you're Nebraska basketball, but also a chance to honor a team that is a kid. I mean, the, the wheelhouse years of your you know, forming your fandom, that uh, eight-year-old to, you know, middle teen number, uh, 12, 13, 14 years old. That's where I was watching that 93, 94 team. And uh, I'm excited to see those guys get honored, see Coach Knee uh, get honored again. So we'll talk with Jeff Smith. Clausburn, back with the Friday forecast. We'll lay out the NFL weekend and get our picks in. 489-1240, 489-1240, number to get in, or 800-825-5865 to call up. Uh, Chris at HaleVarsity.com to uh, send an email. So our starting five, Andrew gets in first. Mr. Brian Snidley is in at second, uh, and he's asking about uh, the Polynesian Bowl. Yes, I will check that out uh, uh, another Snitley, Jeff in at three, uh, Brandon four, Steve checks in at five. Honorable mention is Roger and then Brennan. Did you ever say present during roll call, Brennan, our Black Hills buddy? I think here or present. Usually it was just yes, or you paid somebody to say yes if you were late from lunch coming back. Are you being a nerd to say here? Present? Here. It sticks out. Yeah, well, I just, here, it's roll call. You don't want to stick out during roll call, just in case it's a scenario, like you said, where somebody else says it for you. You don't want uh-huh. to stick out. You don't want to be the guy who's got a very distinctive present, because then if somebody else fills in and tries to, to take that from you, teacher's immediately going to know, this guy's not here. Who, who the hell just said present? That wasn't Elijah. I clearly. think after about fourth grade, they quit asking out loud, and the teacher just did the count, marked the X, or the check. You were there. I can't tell you how many emails I get a a month from from Southwest High School that your student is either tardy or your student is not at school. Mm. And he's not ditching going out the smoker's hill. The kid just never wakes up in time. Oh, it's that issue? He's better. His, his, his Papa Al got him an alarm clock that sounds like a nuclear device is going off. I mean, you can hear it seven houses away. So he's better now. 
Thanks, Papa See, Al. I always had the issue of being like, I could go to English, or I could go for the last 30 minutes of McDonald's breakfast. <laughs> can sneak out through the locker room. How, how'd that work? Do you ever get hammered for, for uh, truancy? Like by my father or yeah. by the school? Both. My dad trusted me. He's did like, you ditch ever? Mm, ditch is one word you could use. I, I'd use understand when I was needed. Uh. <laughs> I understood when, when the classroom needed me and when it didn't. <laughs> Mr. Foro's like, I already read it. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm good. I, I, I did this I lesson could, myself I, last I, night. <laughs> I can teach this, all right? <laughs> well, I just like, yeah, I'm going on an academic scholarship. I don't need to be here for group review. <laughs> And it got a lot easier in college because <laughs> they had this system in college. Oh, you're called, just painting yourself in a corner now. No, no, no. In college, they had this system called Top Hat, which you had to pay for at the beginning of the semester. And I was always anti-Top Hat. Whenever we did have, I was like, well, if maybe pay for it, I'm going to get around this 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 attendance system. Because what would happen is they'd put like this this one-time code up on the board, and you'd have to go to Top Hat and enter that code for your attendance points for the day. Uh-huh. Because clearly, if you're not there, you can't get the code. That is, unless you have a system with your friends, Mm -hmm. in which case you'd rotate who is there and send the code in the group chat, and then you'd have about 30 seconds to very quickly enter in the code, and bang, you're there for attendance. American History 101. It was a rotation of three of us, uh, Brian Millard, my roommate Brant, and me, and we would rotate who got Friday off. (laughs) I think we all pulled C's, and it was just a joke. (laughs) I needed to redo that course. I had a lot of courses I had to retake. I'm not going to lie. Don't listen to me, Junior, uh, about uh, attendance. Show up, uh, be present, and do the the daily grind thing. So, listen, uh, we'll start with some football. We'll get to plenty of basketball, but good weekend for Nebraska. And yay or nay, let's start here, and I think the Snitleys ask an important question. Are you watching the Polynesian Bowl? Yes, I have it set to record, and uh, yes, I will watch it tonight. Yes, we'll talk about it furthermore tomorrow morning on the weekend edition, but pretty big for Nebraska and their presence, right? Of course, Riola's there. Uh, You have Carter Nelson that's there, Tamua, the uh, top offensive lineman from Hawaii. So three Huskers represented, and we've seen highlights of of Dylan Riola this year, but I'm anxious to see him in action. Uh, I know it's an all-star game, and I'm not taking anything away from that, but all-star games aren't, you know, um, as as, uh, intense, you could say, as – playoff games as college football games so the the proverbial grain of salt <laughs> like spring games aren't as intense uh most of the work done uh, you know leading up to the to the kickoff so it's it's the reward thing but no i want to see how the dude looks throwing the football i want to see how tamua looks uh you know crushing some folks i want to see carter nelson he's had a good week it sounds like from out in hawaii and his skill set his size his athleticism his speed he just is really smooth, uh, at least what it looks like right now. All these guys got to transition, whether you're a five-star or a three-star or a walk-on. I mean, it's speed of the game, strength of the game that you got to be be ready for. But, hey, it's going to be your first glimpse at, uh, at Dylan Raiola and uh, the other Huskers. So so that is big. That is noteworthy. And, and, and Nebraska fans are going to check it out tonight. And let me lay it out for you. I'm not telling you what you should be watching for. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to be watching for in an all-star game. Think about it. Like, same as like the, the Shrine Bowl here locally, the, the Under Armour, Amer- All-America game, whatever you, you all-star game you like to watch. 
it's not like Dylan Ryle is going to be sitting in a film room all week long and watching the film for the defense they're going to be playing against. I'm also going to tell you that the defense that they throw at him is not going to be anything special. It's going to be pretty vanilla. Again, it's an all-star game. It's for these kids to have fun and to, to play with some other high-level talent. It's But at the end of the day, it's about getting these kids out to Hawaii if they're not already there, enjoying some fun in the sun, enjoying some time before you start your college career, and, and really just having a, a fun time. That's what it's about. So it's not about, ah, oh, Dylan Ryla threw into double coverage. Well, he didn't have film to study on this defense. Oh, Dylan Ryla underthrew that kid. He hasn't done reps with this kid before. He doesn't know exactly how fast he runs aside from the past couple of days. What I'm going to be watching for is how does the ball look coming out of his hand? What type of arm strength does he have? Timing. Timing and, and accuracy does mean a little you bit. You are going to do here. a synopsis on his his footwork, his mechanics, aren't you? I mean, you're you're going to come fired up at 745 tomorrow morning. I don't claim to be a quarterback expert. But I will anyway. Yes, I will come in, and no matter what, how his footwork looks, I will come in excited about that. You're going to show up in a visor and a notepad and just go go off but in it, a positive way. But if he's not reading the defense to your liking, if he is it's okay. missing some wide receivers long or short, it's okay. It's an all-star game. If he's, there's, if there's, he's 12 not, for 12 for 3,000 yards, it's still an all-star game? still an all-star game. That Then I look at the defense and say, well, the defense was there for fun. Dylan Rollo was there for competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can go to the other side of the coin on this and say, wow, pretty awesome. But this the the do not read into Rollo's stats at the end of the game as being the BL end. I'll just look for him. What does he look like playing the quarterback position? What does the ball look like coming out of his hand? Are All you these impressed? Things, are you impressed? That's it's It's more of a raw ability type thing you're looking at tonight, not refinement, because... Again, there's so many factors that don't go in the favor of having a great-looking quarterback or having a great-looking defense or, or having a really uh, buttoned-up offense. A lot of things are, are flying against you in an all-star game. It's not about that. Just what does the kid look like from a raw ability standpoint? That's what you get to watch tonight. Uh, Walter, our friend outside of Philadelphia, uh, says, uh, does 10 beers deep count? Does that mean he moves up the uh, the starting five uh, list. Uh, we'll have to huddle up on that and get back to you, Walter. I think being 10 beers deep and still showing up on time for Hale Varsity Radio gets you some points in my I book. think so. It gets you a mention. Ty checks in. Also, uh, the other Brian, six foot 180. I do not have the Dan Patrick ding. Uh, maybe we'll work on that. Dion's always first in our heart. He checks in right as the show kicked off. Other news. So, Nebraska able to get Jordan Achoa. Uh, the walk-on edge, you've seen a little bit of his work. I, I love more talent acquisition by Nebraska. Uh, and I know Ochoa, Wyoming, correct? Did uh, did some work at Wyoming and uh, able to, to get him. The thing to watch this weekend is Kanoa White. Uh, and he was at Washington. He's a four-star defensive end. He was all set to go play for Kalen DeBoer, uh, has been released from Washington with their coaching change. And uh, this guy is at a Sal Point Catholic and really uh, a pretty much prized recruit that a lot of the West Coast went after. Uh, top five player in the state of Arizona, 6'6", 245, 18 and a half TFLs, eight sacks. And uh, his team went to the uh, 6A state semifinals. So he is highly coveted. Uh, his team also uh, produced a lot of Division One talent. Elijah Rushing, that's a great last name for, uh, for another edge, uh, went to Oregon. 
and uh, you had Will Height committed uh, originally uh, Arizona over the summer, then got that offer from Washington. And it's kind of interesting that with with Arizona in that recruiting hunt that they didn't keep him with with Arizona. I should say that that Washington didn't keep him with Fish going to Washington from Arizona. Long and short is this. He has visits this weekend, supposed to come to Nebraska, check out the Big Red. And, you know, Rule and company are are not standing pat. If there's somebody that's available that could fit, great. They'll they'll try and evaluate the talent, see if Nebraska is the place for him and he's the place for Nebraska. He is going to see Jonathan Smith first, though. He's going to Michigan State uh, this weekend before Nebraska. I don't necessarily like that. I'd rather have the first crack at him if I'm Nebraska, and then he can go ahead and cancel his visit to Michigan State. Uh, you hope that things are still up in the air after he goes to East Lansing if you're a Nebraska fan, and you still get the visit if you're Nebraska. But Nebraska's, you know what? I mean, it's a great showcase when you look at what Lenhart did, uh, when you look at uh, Princewell and then even Van Poppel, uh, Van Poppel didn't have as many snaps, but had some very impactful snaps. So if I'm a, a guy that wants to play early and thinks he can play early, listen, Nebraska did well. Coach Potrost had his guys ready, even though they didn't have any college experience. But you have to look on the, the flip side of that for Will Hyde as well and say you're walking into a room now with guys that did play as true freshmen, guys that are going to be a year ahead of you in the process. I think that's uh, uh, something to evaluate here, and I'm I'm, I'm talking team needs. Like, but uh, guys are playing. I mean, oh you, yeah, yeah. Guys uh, are getting snaps, young yeah, and old. Guys are getting snaps, young and old. But like, you look at it. Nebraska had three young edge rushers last season get play time and look promising for the future. This is not a, a case where I think Nebraska necessarily needs Will Height. You really like to have him, and not being in that that room. Maybe I'm way off here. Don't have any inside scoops or anything in terms of Nebraska's team needs. But I think Nebraska feels good about what they have in terms of young edge rushers. You always want to add more. I mean, football, having a dominant edge rusher is is almost necessary to have an elite team in football at whatever level you're playing at, high school, college, or NFL. Being able to get after the quarterback is huge in today's game. So I don't think you're going to say no to having more competition in that room and having more talent. But at the end of the day, Nebraska, I don't think the the need there is as great as it is for other positions on the field to get some young talent. I'll say this. You did have two of your three young pups miss time due to injury. It is a different world when you go from high school to Big Ten football. So more bodies, the better. The rotation was a strength in Nebraska. You didn't have much drop-off. Guys who were the next man up came in and contributed. Lastly, the name in the portal that would – be instant yes to any offensive line is Caden Prater, the Iowa. Proctor? Is it Proctor? I can't read my own damn writings. It is Proctor. Proctor! Yeah, it's Caden Proctor. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Proctor, uh, the stud out of Iowa, went to Alabama, played well. He is in the portal. Uh, have been told early this morning that there is some engagement between him and Nebraska. That's great. We'll see where it goes, but at least... There's uh, there's been some some contact, so uh, why not? <laughs> I say why not if you can get a guy like Proctor. I mean, that's a barring injury. That's a first round draft pick. It's absolutely, and he I mean he was good. He was not overmatched, especially in some of those um, those third down and forevers. I mean, he he really was tremendous. I remember watching him specifically 
that that final drive against Auburn, where the uh, the impossible happened on Fourth and O Street or Fourth and Dodge Street, where uh, Milrow had to put one into the end zone with eight defensive backs roaming around the end zone. He did it. Proctor was a lockdown tackle. He I mean, was he's, he's big six, time. Six foot seven, three hundred and fifty, and he moves like he's two hundred and eighty. His an feet are nuts. The, the, it's the, the dude's incredible. a first round draft pick. Everybody in the country is going to want him. So maybe don't get your hopes up, but I think it's a positive that Nebraska's in contact. You've got engagement. That is good. We'll check in uh, and say hi to Jacob Padilla. That's on the way with Hale Varsity. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Interesting number and projection put out by College Football News for Nebraska 2024. We'll get to that. We'll hear from Fred Hoiberg. We check in with Jacob Padilla from Hale Varsity and Hernan Sports. Find him on Twitter at Jacob Padilla underscore. Jacob, how's it going? Uh, thanks for a few minutes today. Busy weekend of basketball. What's going on? Yeah, uh, it's certainly busy weekend here. Um Glad that we were able to get through the weather yesterday and still play some basketball locally. And hopefully we won't have to deal with any more squalls or (laughs) sub-zero temperatures beyond the next day or two. And we'll be able to kind of play everything else as scheduled in college and high school ranks. You you, you live in Nebraska, Jacob. Don't don't get your hopes up. Did you get caught in the squall? So I was planning to go out to Elkhorn at Ashram Greenwood. Mm -hmm. um, And that got moved up to a 6 p.m. start time for the varsity. Um, and basically I would have had to leave right in the middle of when all that was going on to get there. So I pivoted and went out to prep at Gretna instead. Um, so I, I, I waited until the, the, the snow kind of died down and just had to deal with the wind and it wasn't too bad later, later on in the day. That's a good answer. Uh, the pivot. I, I like it. I want to get your take on, on Nebraska and Northwestern tomorrow. Also, Creighton and um, uh, the uh, Seton Hall Pirates. We'll start with the Big Red. Uh, g- good news is Gary's day-to-day. They're not going to have him tomorrow. Uh, another gut punch for Nebraska basketball fans with a double-digit lead twice against Rutgers, and they just got out-toughed. There's a little edge in Fred's voice today. Totally understand uh, with the, the fact that right now you got to be kind of questioning your confidence a little bit a week after you torched number one. So important game against Northwestern tomorrow, and they've done well more times than not at PBA. They've come in and, and stole some wins. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that Fred Hoiberg <laughs> is over against Northwestern since, since coming to Lincoln. So that's, uh, yeah, it, it, it's been a rough one. It, it seems last year, obviously, they kind of uh, were one of the surprise teams in the conference and made a great run, but Previous to that, it seemed like that was like, all right, this is a game that Nebraska could win, and they just never did. And uh, that's hopefully that's not the case for for them because they need a kind of big pick me up win after the this recent road trip where you had a chance for the uh, the, the that win against Rutgers and then kind of let it slip away. Um, and Iowa's also not necessarily a top top half Big Ten team. That, that's a place where maybe you get a chance to, to win, like if you're going to get a road win. So kind of letting those two slip away, you're probably not feeling great about yourself, especially now you've got the Juwan Gary injury on top of that, one that was pretty scary when it initially happened. And I'm sure that was uh, kind of on the, the players' minds in the game uh, as they tried to close that one out. So 
big one coming up uh, here against Northwestern alumni weekend. Going to have uh, I'm sure a really good crowd there. A lot, a lot of former players and uh, members of the program coming back. So, yeah, it, it's a big one, and Nebraska's got to find a way to um, succeed without Juwan Gary in the lineup. Fortunately, they've had to do that already this season. Uh, at the start of the year, they, they've had plenty of uh, 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 plenty of games, I guess, kind of playing without him in the rotation and figuring out, all right, playing Josiah Alec and Rink Mass together and then splitting them and then going a little bit smaller with Bryce at the four, with, with uh, C.J. Wilcher at the four, and kind of experimenting that way. So they're not completely unprepared to play without Gary but you'd like to have one of your best players in, in a game that you really need to, to win to kind of get back on track. Jacob, is this a game tomorrow where, you know, if, if you slow down Boo Boo, you slow down Northwestern, or, or what's the task for Nebraska in order to get the win tomorrow? Yeah, it, it obviously starts there. Um, averaging o- over 18 points a game um, and five assists. So he's, he, he's the engine of their offense. They, they've got four guys averaging double figures, actually. So it's not like, oh, he's the only guy that you got to shut down. You can't can't get Ty Berry get loose uh, from the three point line. Uh, Brooks Barnheiser has um, kind of made a leap this year, uh, and it's their second leading score now. So they've got some other guys that can hurt you. So it can't be a, all right, just sell out to, to stop Boo Booey, especially because he is a good playmaker and can get those guys easy looks. Uh, if you really um, focus too much on taking him out of it, but it, it certainly starts there. And uh, that, that'll be a big game for, I'm assuming, Jamarcus Lawrence gets that first crack at, at that matchup. Um, and he's a guy that's kind of been struggling a little bit recently. The minutes have gone down. Um, he, he's got to show that, like, show his coach, like, hey, you need me on the court today, like in what he's bringing on both ends of the floor. So I think that's definitely going to be a huge key because you take him off and it's a Sam Hoiberg game and, uh, we saw what, what Sam did defending Jameer Young last year uh, with Maryland. Uh, so certainly not a bad option to have, but ho- hopefully Nebraska can get off to a good start there and um, c- can kind of keep Bowie in check there. Jacob, if you're putting your coaching hat on, how do you keep Bowie in check? Do you send double teams at him? Do you have to play him straight up because of that playmaking and that passing? How do you defensively set up to, to slow down Boo Bowie? Yeah, it'll be – I mean – Nebraska at this point kind of seems like they, they, they play their defense mm. and we haven't seen a whole lot of adjustments necessarily. And sometimes they play it better than others. Like, I don't know that they play the, their approach was dramatically different from Purdue to Iowa. Um, obviously they didn't have quite the, the post presence, but just kind of the way they fly around and um, uh, kind of du- double team the ball and, and a lot of that stuff, like that was still there. They just execute it much more poorly. So I think we'll see a lot of that. They'll, they'll um, maybe maybe they'll be a little bit more aggressive with, with the ball screens there and try to get it out of his hands and then scramble out of that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to, to see something like that. But I, I think for the most part, Nebraska is going to play their defense, going to play what they've been practicing all season long, and then hope that the guys are locked in enough to uh, not have kind of the breakdowns and the lapses that, that we saw against Iowa. Jacob, a bounce back tomorrow for the Jays. Their road swing continues uh, now at Seton Hall. Tough one against UConn. Yeah, and so it's interesting. Obviously, the St. John's uh, it was third in the country in offensive rebounding percentage season long heading into the, the game, and Creighton did a great job. They basically battled them almost to a draw in that area, and then and they were able to get the win. Then you go to UConn, another great offensive rebounding team, 
and they got smacked on the glass there and lost by 14 in second chance points, lost by 14 on the scoreboard. Ended up being the biggest difference in the game there uh, because Creighton defended well enough to, to win that game. They defended UConn as well as anybody has all season long. Um, but you give up second chance opportunities, then eventually the ball is going to go in. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how they bounce back. So you've got one good game, one bad game back-to-back of really physical rebounding teams. And that's exactly what Seton Hall is. Uh, since the start of conference play, they're leading the conference in offensive rebounding. So we're going to have to see if those guys are ready to go, if they learned uh, from kind of what happened to them at UConn. They're, they stayed out on the out east there. They didn't come home between games. So uh, a lot of time out there, I'm sure, spend on uh, film study and kind of reflecting on what exactly went wrong there in stores. So th- they're going to be challenged physically. Seton Hall's a good team, obviously, tied for, for first in the conference. They do have that win over UConn. Kadaria Richmond's made a huge leap there as kind of an all-round playmaker, big point guard type. Um, so it's going to be a tough task, and it's they're going to challenge Creighton in a lot of the same ways that UConn did. So can they learn from that? Can they show improvement from one game to the next, or are the same things going to give them problems? Jacob, let's go to the weekend uh, of high school action and what's on your slate. <laughs> Busy week. Uh, I think tonight I'm going to head over to Central against Papio South, see Bryson Ball play. I've only seen a couple of games of him so far this season, um, so that'll be later tonight. But th- this weekend, the uh, kind of Nebraska preps classic, uh, Tom Creebill's deal, uh, is happening at Sokol Arena. They've got four games tonight to start it and then a full slate of games tomorrow. Um, I've obviously got Creighton coverage earlier in the day, so I won't be able to be there all day, but I'm going to try to sneak over there for Norris against Sioux City Healing on the boys' side. That's around 4 o'clock. Um, Norris off to a great start here in Class B, um, and uh, Healing is actually coached by former Fremont standout uh, Matt Hahn there, and he's mm-hmm. done a great job with them. They've got a kid, uh, Matthew Knoll, committed to Wayne State, uh, so a D2 player there, a big kid, can really play, so... Be a fun matchup there. And then they've got some really good girls matchups after that. Uh, Millard West is taking on a Johnston team from Iowa that I believe only has one loss on the season. And then Britt Prince and Elkhorn North is taking on another top five Class A team. And that, they obviously beat Bellevue West earlier in the year, and now they're taking on Millard North uh, in, in kind of one of the showcase games of, of that event. So th- that's kind of where I'll be. I'm probably going to dip out before that uh, Millard North uh, uh, uh Elkhorn North game because the Packers happen to be playing tomorrow night. That's uh, where we're yeah. going next. Is is yeah. how how you are you taking the nine nine and a half? Yeah. You think the the Pack cover that? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, sure. We'll, we'll take the cover. <laughs> I, I I don't have confidence in Jacob's them going being to the able book. To stop. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have confidence in them being able to stop the Niners enough to actually win the game. But uh, the way that Jordan Love has been playing with those receivers. It's just been so much fun to watch, and Matt LaFleur has absolutely been cooking recently. So I think they'll have a chance to, to be competitive in this game, more so than they have been in previous matchups with uh, the, the 49ers. Um, but, yeah, I'm not going in expecting to win, but hopefully it'll be a, a fun game for sure. Yeah, Jacob, the, the 49ers have kind of been the Packers' boogeyman over the past five seasons, six seasons, but do you believe in the law of averages? The law of averages would let you believe that they're due. Uh. I, I don't know. I, I don't think that really applies because of <laughs> how much change there is and just how good they are. That, that's the thing. Like, it was, I was actually uh, talking to my brother about this the other day. Is 
so Ralston, not, not, not the uh, not the best, not the uh, the winningest program right now. They're in the same conference as Omaha Scott, and uh, in district play, they often ended up matching up against Scott uh, early on there. And so, like the, the coach's message every year was, uh, it's really hard to beat a team three times in a row or four times or however many times they matched up there. And uh, it. If the teams are evenly matched, that's true. If there's a the <laughs> difference between the, the, the two, like significant ones, then maybe not so much. So I, I don't necessarily subscribe to the, uh, oh, yeah, that they're due. But I do think this is a different Green Bay team than we've seen go up against uh, San Francisco in the past. Jacob will be checking in with you on Twitter and uh, with her at sports. Uh, Jacob Badilla with Hale Varsity at uh, Jacob Badilla underscore. Have a great weekend, man, and, and thanks for jumping on with us. Go Paco. There he is. The I love the uh, the old Lou Lou Brown theory from Major League. The manager from Major League. Give me Vaughn. What against the Yankees? The kids do. <laughs> well, to, to go, maybe this this run we're seeing late in the season from the pack. Maybe they they got like a a poster board of Aaron Rodgers and they're slowly. No, <laughs> no, that's wrong. <laughs> no one wants that. <laughs> Bad visual. All right, we'll uh, dive back in a little football. Some Fred Hoiberg. Hail Varsity continues, powered by Cornhead Lager. Hail Varsity Radio is live. Now, back to Schmitty. Schmitty's a great guy, but he don't have a brain. And Elijah. You want me to speak? We're not pointing you yet. On Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you. Open phones here till 5 at 489-1240 or 800 825 5865 Chris at com. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Reminder to buckle up. Use your seatbelt. It saves lives. It prevents injuries only if properly worn. Make it click. A message from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. We were talking Polynesian Bowl. Nebraska fans in the stream here are pretty excited about the prospect of Riola to Nelson touchdown. We were talking about grain of salt from an all-star game. Dion is looking for 35 for 46 touchdowns and just shy of uh, 680 yards for for Dylan tonight. Um, Okay. (laughs) Good work. Brennan has uh, fessed up. Our friend from the Black Hills, I'm actually here now. My buddy chimed in for me and said, present, what a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) You say here or yes, not present, uh, pretty good. Walter makes it clear uh, due to weather. I'm inferring, uh, yep, snowing in my area. I won't go outside again until I leave for work Monday. So Walter's 10 beers in. We need to, to add a, kind of a second roll call. Like, how deep are you? Uh, <laughs> it's 4 o'clock on a Tuesday. How deep are you? <laughs> no, I'm talking Fridays. Fridays, all right? Fridays. Um, and if you if you get bombed on a Tuesday, I am I'm not going to judge you. Okay, uh, the way too early predictions here by College Football News. Drum roll again. We'll hear a little bit from uh, from Hoiberg here before five. Nebraska slated to go. Wait for it. Seven and five. How would that grab you? Year two of the rule era. In year one, starting a, a true freshman quarterback. They've got Ohio State going 9-0 and in league play. Oregon tied for second. SC tied with Oregon for second. 
I think Michigan is going to tie with Penn State for fourth, both at seven and two. They have Iowa and UCLA at five and four. They have Maryland and Sparty, along with Nebraska and Washington and Wisconsin, all sandwiched in, tied for eighth. And then there's Illinois, Minnesota, Indiana. Not a lot of faith in Northwestern. They say Purdue goes two and seven. They think Rutgers goes one and eight. The Big Ten championship game they predict will be Ohio State v. USC. This list sucks. What? This list sucks. Well, he made it, whoever writes for College Football News, and I don't have the author, forgive me, says, listen, it's it's early, <laughs> okay? It's early. And, and when we talk schedule here, what does he say about uh, Nebraska's schedule? They think Nebraska opens up 6-0. Uh, so you beat UTEP, you beat Colorado, you beat Northern Iowa, you beat Illinois, you win at Purdue, you beat Rutgers. They have Nebraska after a bye losing at Indiana. Then you lose, man, the only win they sandwich in there. They, they have Nebraska starting out 6-0, and then losing four in a row. That's at Indiana, at Ohio State, the dreaded trap game against the Fighting Hoosiers. Uh, you have UCLA on November 2nd, open. That's two bye weeks for the Big Red, October 12th and November 9th. You're at USC, a loss. You win at, uh, you win at home against Wisconsin, then you lose at Iowa. So basically they have Nebraska pulling a Colorado next year. I guess. Uh, that's, that's it. I, I, I don't think you can – 7 and 5 is okay – with that schedule, but you can't, you shouldn't repeat an O for November. And, and they're not repeating an O for November, but you need to win more than one game in November if you're Nebraska. I, I mean, I, people kind of lose their mind. I That list I just take with the grain of salt. Well, it's, it's, it's January. But I thought it was worth mentioning because I know you'd have a take. Seven and five's fine. You can't go one for November. And, and I think UCLA in Lincoln in November, again, way too early, is probably gettable. I don't think at this point in the program, with a new coach at Indiana, in the portal era, that you go lose at Indiana if you're Nebraska. I mean, they have Michigan State new head coach finishing middle of the pack, which is interesting. US, I think he's a hell of a good coach, and I, I think, think if he keeps too. talent, Michigan State could be better. We'll see what happens with Harbaugh. We'll but see if Michigan knows that, dives. A big question, but you have USC going to the Big Ten title game with what defense? I know their offense is fantastic, but how's that going to translate to winter weather in the Big Ten? That remains to be seen. I wouldn't be comfortable putting them in my Big Ten championship I'm game good with year. Oregon. Based, Pro- on, based on what I've seen from Michigan over the past couple of years, I'm not comfortable putting them fourth. No. I, and I think Penn State returns a lot of talent. I think they're probably better than fourth. Well, what's their, what jump does their redshirt five-star make mm-hmm. as a second-year starter? I mean, Penn State's maybe going to be trendy. I like Oregon. I don't think Oregon's going to come in and get punched in the face. I think Oregon probably does better than everybody else that's coming uh, from out the Pac-12. Out of the Pac-12, right? Uh, with what Washington's lost to everybody, so it could be problematic for them uh, coming in. Uh, I think uh, UCLA's in trouble. Especially losing their stud quarterback. Well, they have Ohio State going to the Big Ten title game. With what quarterback? With what wide receiver? They just print quarterbacks at Ohio State. I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, let's go to the phones. Who's Steven's with us? Steven's on the line. Steven, thanks for calling. Go for it. 
Hey, happy Friday, and I won't bring up unscrupulous professions like I did on Twitter. (laughs) We had that list this uh, morning. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Pimp was not on there, at least. (laughs) (laughs) I saw something online where Washington's new coach said something about spreading their hind parts or something when they're coming to the Big Ten, (laughs) something of that nature. And then I don't know if you've talked about this already. And it uh, just reminds me, of course, of Mr. Frost's famous remarks, the Big Ten's going to have to adjust to us. And uh, so it, it kind of got in, interesting reading some of the comments. And, of course, Michigan fans uh, got big big comments on that based how the championship game went. So, well, anyway, just thought I'd throw that out there. Stephen, thanks for the phone call. And, and you know, Coach Fish knows that the Big Ten's – rough and tumble. I mean, he was an assistant at Michigan. I think that's that's why I like the hire most. Not only his track record, but he's won and he flipped Arizona and in Washington he'll he'll figure it out. I think I think he'll he'll maintain maybe not playoff worthy, but he'll maintain that 7 to 9 window at worst, I think. And I think you're you're bearing the most important part here. His name is Fish, and he's coaching in the Pacific Northwest near right. Seattle. Like, how I, much more I, perfect of a hire could you get? I, I get you go down to the pier, and they throw a seventy-five pound salmon at you, and you need to show off your hands. Like, I mean, the advertising opportunities for Washington football with a coach with the last name of Fish is just uh-huh. second to none. Sure, uh, but, you know, they'd be like having a guy named Corn coaching Nebraska, right? But first to none is the guy that just took you to the playoff, and despite thirtieth ranked recruiting classes, you know, won a, a boatload of games to keep with this ocean theme uh, for you before you left for Alabama. No, I mean, you better be ready. And Fish's comment, I did not see that, Steve, about uh, getting ready for being uncomfortable, moving to the Big Ten. But he's not wrong. You better be uh, deep and talented on the, uh, the lines of scrimmage. We'll get into some basketball thoughts. Bill Dolman on the way. Coach Jeff Smith checks in. The infamous Clausburn. Uh, in the Friday forecast, it's Hale Varsity on a Friday. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour, Hale Varsity. Fred Hoiberg checked in, had a media session today, and a little bit from Fred here about yes, this team needs to get off the roller coaster tomorrow against Northwestern. You know, obviously had a couple tough setbacks and two tough places uh, to play. And as I told our guys after the game the other night and the next morning in the film session, you know, we're a damn good basketball team. And you don't go on the road in an environment like we faced in New Jersey and have a double-digit lead if you're not a damn good basketball team. And things did not go our way, obviously, down the stretch in those last nine minutes of the game, but you don't build that lead if you don't have a good team. You don't have a 15-point lead in your first big 10 road test if you don't have a damn good basketball team. I know the sky's falling in right now. You know, that's what I challenged our guys. Don't look at it. Do not look at what people are saying, whether it's up here or whether it's down here, whether it's the media, whether it's the fans, whoever it is, we got to stay more even. We can't ride the roller coaster of emotions. And, you know, it, it's, it's a tough time to play in the social media era that we are in right now. But we got to be more even. We can't be as emotional as we've been uh, in the last couple of games when things haven't gone our way. And then, again, when they walk in and you see them licking their wounds a little bit, you know they're reading everything out there. The teams aren't winning a lot in the road right now. 
and we're part of that. We're 0-4 in this league, but we've shown we're capable. You know, I think a lot of people forget we had a 16-point win on the road against a team in the Big 12 that's 5-1 right now. So we've shown that we have the ability to do it. we got to be more consistent. There's no doubt about that. We have to be more consistent to finish these games off and get in the winning column in this league on the road to know we can do it. We have to protect home court. We have to continue to do the things that we've done in the three really good wins that we've had at home. But I've challenged our guys. you got to put that stuff aside. You can't read it. You can't have the highs and lows that go along in this business. It'll drive you crazy. And, you know, hopefully our guys buy into that. Quickly with Fred here on No Quit. Well, it's different things. I mean, the other night it was rebounding, obviously. I mean, we could not get a rebound. You find a way to get two of those, and we're on the other end of it. But again, Juwan's out, and Joe fouls out, and we just could not go out there and get it. You know, those things happen. And, uh, you know, obviously the execution in the second half, the last nine minutes, we did some really good things, and we tried to stick with that formula. You know, we missed a wide-open layup in that. We missed two wide-open threes. where guys weren't within five or six feet. We missed a one-on-one free throw. We, we had opportunities that we just didn't capitalize on. Uh, give Rutgers credit. They really ramped up their pressure and uh, made life difficult on us. But, you know, for the most part, when you look over at the course of that game, the first 15 minutes of the first half and, you know, the first 11 minutes of the second half, we did some really good things offensively against one of the best defensive teams in the country. Uh, we got to keep doing the things that make us successful. And when you go back and watch that, you know, the turnovers, and uh, you know the poor possessions that we had, you, you got to eliminate those if, if you want to win a game like that on the road. You know, we had a 12-point lead, we just threw the ball right to them. We had the ball to hopefully go up 14 on a two-on-one advantage, and we threw the ball right to them. They come down, hit a three, now it's nine. Now it's manageable, uh, especially in a road game. So it's just those mistakes uh, that are being made. We got to eliminate, especially the unforced ones, and then you can start winning those games. You know, this is a team that's gotten better as the year's gone on the last couple of seasons. And, you know, we have to get better overall as a team. And we're going to keep working and keep pushing and keep coaching. You know, people have no idea what goes on behind the scenes to try to get your team right mentally, physically, to, to prepare them uh, to go out and play these games to the best of their abilities. And our guys are doing that. They are going out there. They are fighting. Whatever happens on Saturday, we're going to keep swinging and we're going to keep fighting and we're not going to quit. I promise you about this team. Bill Dolman kicks off our two at Hale Varsity. He's the pride of Fairbury, an average Joe. Bill Dolman, the professor. I had a six ACT in 1967. One time I got an A and my grandma beat me for cheating. Now with Hale Varsity Radio. Tower 2, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal, the pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. Professor Bill Dolman is with us. Billy D, I'm just getting piled on by a couple of listeners during the break. Apparently, I, I'm looking older every break. The listeners must be wearing me out. That isn't the case. I'm flat out excited. The the stream has grown. Walter <laughs> says I'm passing a gallstone. Cliff chimes in and says, keep pushing. I haven't had a kidney stone for eight years, thank God. So, that's uh, that's big. A uh, lot to get wait, to, wait, Bill. Wait, wait, wait. So, you were in your 30s when you got a kidney stone? Isn't that young? I, I'd have surgery twice. What? Yeah. Apparently, I did too much salt. Not enough water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm well no. on my way to a kidney stone. I know it. <laughs> uh, how's your kidney stones, Bill? Are you good? Are you breaking glass? <laughs> you, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about myself after uh, hearing the uh, 
online doctor's reports on you. <laughs> Usually when I check in on this show, it looks like you're ready to go knock off a liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. I got a kick out of one of Cliff's comments. He was listening to Will Wilson's news and someone ripped off a bunch of credit cards. It was a kind of a, a coast-to-coast thing and someone ripped off uh, a big box store for 1100 bucks, and old Cliff's like, hold my beer, that's weak. <laughs> I, I could go on a bigger spree than that. Uh, don't steal, well, kids. Do you remember that time that I found like 50 credit cards all bundled up in here? No. Yeah, I heard this story. I have not. I still like, got no resolution. There's like 50 random credit cards from different people just sitting in a, a desk over there, and I I, I gave it to the powers that be around here. It was Julia at the time, you'd know. Yeah. And uh, the police were called, and they took it. I never heard anything about that. Really? So I never... that, was that after they went through Kathy Blythe's desk when she retired? <laughs> <laughs> That's a stray. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> Jacobson, Scott Young. <laughs> there, there was like a couple spouses of people that used to work here. Their credit cards were in there, but then just a whole bunch of random people. So I never knew why there were 50 credit cards just sitting in the desk. The most there. important question is, are they expired? Some of them were, some of them weren't. That's what was concerning, and that's why the police were called. And mm. I, I, don't, I never got a resolution, so I don't know if the police found anything. Wow. Well, let's dive in, Billy <laughs> D. Uh, Polynesian Bull. A, are you watching? B, are you prepared for over or underreaction tonight from it? Yeah, I will probably watch. Same. You know, um, I well, I to be honest with you, I didn't know there was a Polynesian Bowl. But now you do. Probably a couple of weeks ago, Malachi Cohen played it last that, year, Bill. And then I learned that Dylan Raiola won the punt passing kick contest like Andy Reid did when he was fourteen. Different body uh, type. Yeah, you know, uh, I saw. I didn't realize Pat McAfee won a punt passing kick competition too. But uh, you know, you, you, look. It, it's pretty cool that there are the, the three Nebraska players there. They had three of them that did well in the All-America game. Uh, it's just, you know, it just continues to prolong this championship offseason that Nebraska football enjoys, you know. Uh, and then we get, you know, word that every coach that's taken another job, there's another two or three players that are visiting Nebraska. And, you know, there's one from Washington. And now there's a mass exodus out of Arizona. Uh <laughs> Who knows what Nebraska's roster is going to look like when spring football begins and hell what my classes might look like on Monday when mm. classes begin. Bill, you've given me inspiration here on the Hale Varsity Radio punt passing kick competition. I, I just fear what that looked like uh, if it was conducted in Morgantown during the McAfee era. <laughs> Whole new meaning to it. After last call. Well, there's that great viral video that went out last week and I'm sure he posted it of when he won the competition, uh, he was like 14, 15 years old, and he went to uh, Rich Stadium in Buffalo and got the award, and he's wearing a Steelers jersey, and they, he got booed. <laughs> he, he knew what he, he, knew he, what he was doing. Too. So, I mean, it, it's, his star was born then. College football news says 7-5. and five. Nebraska wins their first six. Early, early 2024 projection, they – come out of a bye and lose at Indiana because it's the dreaded yeah. trap game and then they lose at Ohio State uh they, then they Nebraska starts 6 and 0 and then they they only win one of their final 7 how's that grab you for 7 and 5 well i got them unbeaten so i'm willing to meet, okay. the, meet the, I'm, I'm i'm willing to meet the guy in the middle on that uh when i saw the loss to Indiana with a new head coach 
Uh, a cocky Canada, head I, coach. What's that? Said a cocky head coach. Yeah, you, you know, I, I'm not sure that that that's a trap game necessarily. For, sure, it is because it'll be boring. I'm, I, I've said forever and today, those games where there's no atmosphere are the toughest games to play, and that's where your traps are. But I think that you know Nebraska will probably be uh, on a pretty good roll by by that time, and with you know Signetti being in his first season, and they're still getting adapted to Big Ten play and all that. I have a hard time believing that's going to be a trap. Um, I, I'm not quite sure the enamorment with UCLA. Yeah. In Lincoln, um, I mean, what did UCLA finish this season? Six and six, and went to a bowl game or something like that. Close to it. Chip Kelly was on a hot seat and probably still is. Um, in fact, I thought if, if Nick Saban is not going to be the college football czar, uh, Chip Kelly saying what we said 20 years ago, I thought, you know, maybe he would be somebody who might step away and have the energy in his early 60s to uh, to have a, a job like that because um, I think he understands. But I, I don't see where UCLA is, you know, going to roll into Lincoln as a dominant program. So there's two two games right there that I would put in the other column. A win over Wisconsin is what was predicted because that's at home and a loss at Iowa. Uh, okay, uh, but I, I think Nebraska is going to be much better than seven and five. I said it last hour, Bill. I thought that list sucked. Like among the Pac-12 teams that you're picking to potentially make the the Big Ten title game, make sure you're picking USC and not Oregon. I think Oregon would be the most ready. They have Michigan State having a pretty good year despite the fact that it's a first-year head coach. I know Schmitty likes Jonathan Smith. I'm not sold just yet. Just everything about that list is confusing me. Even the fact that you have Ohio State in the title game with no answers at quarterback that I can see right now ahead of a, a school like Penn State that's got Drew Aller or a school like Michigan that's been dominant in the Big Ten over the last couple of years. There's so many things with that list that just rubbed me the wrong way. I don't think it's USC a good USC being anointed as tied for fourth, like they're going to be physical. I mean, they have the talent, yeah, but on the lines of scrimmage, there's talent there too, but they've not been been tough enough and to they, even hang in the Pac-12. They one of the worst defenses in the Pac-12 last season. You've got to go through a mentality change. That's a cultural type change at USC to get that defense to play the way it needs to play. And also the heir apparent to Caleb Williams left town before Caleb Williams and went to Boise. You know, Malachi, was it Nelson? Malachi Nelson, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was supposed to be the heir apparent, right? And now he's gone. So, you know, they got some questions at quarterback. uh, But I think when you're talking about the the defense at USC, that's that's a – that's a cultural shift, uh, and I don't think you necessarily turn that around in an entire in just one season. So, yeah, they'll probably be good, but I don't think there should be feared. No, fair, fair there. Husker basketball. Before we go there, Cliff has a great idea for the Hale Varsity Radio punt pass and kick competition. He says make it the punt pass drink and kick competition. That could work. Brennan wants to, to do a, a, a viewer-slash-listener competition. The winner gets to go on the road trip with uh, us to Ohio State. Come to USC with us. Let's make it a 24-hour road trip. If we do both of those next year, that's incredible. I'll drive. Dolman, we're getting the RV. We're going to kidnap Mitch like uh, that scene in old school. We're going to show up outside the grocery store. <laughs> We're going to take Mitch away from his shopping cart, <laughs> duct tape him, and throw him in the back. <laughs> Shannon, Shannon will be waiting home with the kids wanting to know where the where the groceries are. <laughs> He's fine. Give me the Cheez-Its. Um, so Husker basketball, uh, pretty big 
ball game tomorrow. What do you think of Fred's tone from his presser? I didn't get a chance to hear his uh, press conference uh, because I've been in the last several hours a video game competition put on by my colleague Amon Green. Mm. So I apologize for not listening to Fred Hoiberg. But when Ma- when Amon wants to play video games, what were you playing? Damn it, you play video games. Tecmo. Uh, no, we played uh, something called Toaster Ball, uh, which is like a, uh, a a a pong game with toasters that shoot toast. And mm. uh, and uh, we had a big competition. Uh, I did not win it, and uh, nor did he. But he had a big championship belt and everything, you know. So I, I'm, I, you know, I was I was checked out on Fred. So I apologize, but damn it, I had more important things to do with the Coach AMC. No, I I love it. Well, Fred talked about the fact that Nebraska is a damn good team. They've shown glimpses of that. They've been a a good team at home. It's about finishing on the road, but this team has. Uh, been a problem for not just Fred, but for Nebraska, i.e. Northwestern tomorrow. But you've got Ohio State coming to town Tuesday. you got to get back to 500. Is it too soon to wonder about tipping point as far as whether you go into a bit of a tailspin? And, and, and listen, you're going to have some peaks and some valleys in major college basketball where you go on a losing streak, you go on a win streak, and you just pray it all evens out. Uh, Gary at least isn't gone for the year. That's big. Yeah, that's yeah, that's significant. Because when he left the floor at Rutgers, I mean, there, there were tears. And I think, you know, you and I were watching the game together thinking – that that might be like there wasn't enough there wasn't enough alcohol to <laughs> yeah. in the bar to to sit through that thing a second time. Look, look, you know, Nebraska. Let me I'm going to do the math here. Nebraska's lost three games to Minnesota and Rutgers. They dominated that first half at Minnesota and blow the second half with their worst performance of the season. Then they dominate for 12 minutes or so against Rutgers blow a 12-point lead, come back, build another 12-point lead, and lose again. And those three losses could be really damaging for Nebraska when the tournament decide, the tournament committee decides who gets to play. Nebraska is one of the best 64 teams in the country, 68, but they don't, the best teams don't make the tournament because you have these conference automatic qualifiers. But if Nebraska gets held out of the tournament, they can look back to the second half of the Minnesota game, the second half of the first half against Rutgers, and the second half of the second half against Rutgers. They blew two winnable road games, and everybody talks about how difficult it is to win on the road in conference play. That's absolutely true. But when you have them for the taking, you got to take them and run and put them in the PBA vault bank, the safe deposit box. So those two performances, those three performances, are going to be very costly. If they can come back and play well, which I think that they, they typically do, you know, when they, when they embarrass themselves, which, let's face it, that Rutgers loss was embarrassing. When, when they have losses like that, they have, they, this team has come back to play well, especially at home. So as difficult as Northwestern has supposedly been, and they have been, um, I, I think that this is the bounce-back game that Nebraska has. I think most students will be back to fill those seats. With Danny coming back, I think it's fantastic. I think the timing the timing is right in terms of Nebraska basketball history, but the timing is right for a crowd to be energized and to give Nebraska home court advantage. Uh, I think they can. I think they'll knock off Northwestern, and they should beat Ohio State. 
do they give Danny the mic to address the crowd? Oh, and yeah. o- And over under on if he breaks Pesci's F-bomb record in Casino's desert scene? Ooh, I might have to do some analytics on that. I've got some MIT friends. Uh, I think he'll be on his best behavior. they go behavior. to the casino with you? <laughs> <laughs> I think he'll be on his best behavior. Uh, might, might you know, drop a couple of dams. In, but uh, I think giving him the microphone to adjust the crowd would be a wonderful touch. Uh, he would certainly be better than the superstars at halftime. Uh, so I, I think that I, I think Danny is really going to be I'm not sure he's an emotional guy, but I think he's going to be really, really touched by the reception that he's going to get uh, in Lincoln. I think it's really neat. Bill Dolman's with us, NBC Sports, Pride of Fairbury and uh, the professor as he gets second semester rolling. Any thoughts on NFL this weekend? I think San Francisco needs to be uh, on the lookout. Really? Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think the pack is rolling. I like the Cowboys to have an enjoyable week off uh, <laughs> without any pressure. Uh, I think that's good. Uh, I like the Texans. I love the Lions. I mean, I'm I'm loving all the underdog stories, you know, uh, in 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 this season. So. Um, and I'm anxious for the Bills Chiefs game. I think that's going to be a, a pretty cool uh, outdoor atmosphere. I let's put a dome in Buffalo. No, come on, you know. Uh, so I I think that'll be a fun game to watch. I cannot believe that that's Pat Mahomes' first playoff road game. That's that's an amazing uh, statistic on its own. But I like Buffalo in that one. It's Bill Dolman with us here on Hale Varsity Radio as we look ahead to the weekend of NFL and. Bill, if you had to pick it right now, who do you have as your, your Super Bowl champion the way it's currently unfolding here in the postseason? Mm, pretty tough to beat the Ravens, I think. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson's playing really well. And what's great about Lamar Jackson is he played for his contract to get his contract. And not only has he gotten it, though, then he's gone on after that to earn it. A lot of times, you know, guys play in that contract year to get those uh, those big numbers, and then they just sit on it and, and enjoy the guarantee, um, you know, escape to Cleveland like Deshaun Watson. Um, but I, I, Lamar Jackson has played, you know, this season like a guy who said I, I, he put it up last year, it made people shut up, and, and he's putting it up again. I, I think that's really respectable what he's doing. I think they kind of got it going on, and, and maybe it's maybe it's the Harbaugh's year uh, to, to sweep the championships. Bill Dolman with us at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Catch him with Mitch Sherman on the Average Joe Sports Show podcast. Billy D will check in this weekend. Thanks for the time. All right, boys. Go Big Red and great to see Danny Nee in town. That is awesome. Jeff Smith, part of that Nee staff up next. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity. We're powered by Cornhead Lager, celebratory weekend, alumni weekend for Nebraska basketball, honoring Danny Nee and his first team, his staff, his players, and, of course, that 93-94 Big A Tournament Championship team assistant. On that squad, Hall of Fame coach with Southeast, Jeff Smith with us. Coach, uh, you've had a chance already to bump into some of the the, the, the kids uh, then, but grown men now that, uh, that, that brought home that trophy from, uh, from Kemper. How are you? Great. Yeah, we, we were invited to practice today, and a lot of the alums were there. A lot of the 
a lot of the guys off that 93-94 team. So it was really, really neat to see. Uh, I haven't seen Carl Hayes since, you know, he last played there and I last coached there. And Deprese Owens and um, Eric Strickland. And it was just fantastic to see those guys again and talk to them. And, uh, it, you know, you you remember as the, as the young guys they were. But uh, obviously grown men and very successful and uh, a lot of smiles going around, a lot of handshakes. It was, it was a good time. So, the priest had size like twenty-one shoes. Has his feet grown? I think they're still nineteen. I think they were nineteens. I think they're still nineteens. <laughs> but yeah, he yeah, he looked good. They all look good. They're just good people. And the priest is, you know, back back home in Cincinnati, and uh, Carl's back in Chicago, and both in good businesses and uh, family family guys. And uh, in fact, Carl Hayes' son is coaching at Eastern Illinois, so he follows them pretty close. That's awesome. Jeff Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. You know, what What does this mean for you? What What do you think, if you could crawl into Coach Nee's mind, uh, how do you think he's feeling? And we'll get to, to the importance of tomorrow for, for Fred and company, but just overall, uh, the, the honoring of that team, being a part of that team, what do you remember about that squad? Yeah, you know, we averaged 87 a game. I was kind of going back and reminiscing and looking up some stats, and and we were on the bubble a lot of the year. We started off, um, we started off one and two. We won. We started with a road game, which was kind of odd. We played at Texas San Antonio, won that, but then Texas beat, beat us by three in Devaney Center, and we went on a road trip. I don't know why, but we went to Appalachian State, um, and they beat us. We we played really poor defensively, which was kind of my area. And I, I remember being pretty upset at that one, but then we run, a, we won 11 in a row. Um, again, really good offensive team. And in those, in that 11 in a row, we won at Creighton, which was always important for us in the state. Cause Danny liked recruiting Omaha. We wanted to, you know, be the number one team in the state and continue that. Uh, we beat Wichita state. We won at Michigan state that year. We won at Iowa state. Um, that was a good run. Then we then we hit a little bump and lost four in a row at Colorado in a close one. Uh, Missouri beat us here. Missouri was kind of our thorn, you know, in our side, as was Oklahoma. They beat us by three at home, and then we lost at Kansas by seven. Um, then we kind of got it going again. We won three of our last four. Um, at, uh, we won. Uh, we beat Kansas here. They were tenth in the country. We beat Kansas State here. We won, and then we beat Oklahoma State, and they were twenty first. Then we lost the last regular season game. We lost a really tough one at Missouri. I just rem- I remember that one vividly. The Antlers were all over us the whole the whole time we were there, and during the game we lost by two points. You know, Danny and Norm were not best friends at that time at all, and they were you know bantering a little bit during that game. But that kind of put us on the bubble, so we thought we'd had we thought we had to win one or two in the tournament. Um, the, that tournament was so special and such great memories. We played Oklahoma in the first round, and they had beat us 115 to 111 in overtime at their place, and then they beat us at home, and we, we just gave that one away. I think it was by three. Um, so we were ready to play, and we, but we got off to one of those starts where we just couldn't make shots, and, and they made some early ones. And I, they, they were started talking smack on the floor, and I, they, they must have said something that really got to 
Chubbick, Piakowski. Um, <laughs> Piakowski went off on them, and we ended up winning that game 105 to 88. We just we just went off on them after that slow start, and and that that and then we got Missouri for the third time. We'd lost two pretty good pretty good games, and we changed the way we played them. They ran that old triangle offense, mm-hmm. um, and we changed the way we defended Doug Smith in the post. And we beat him 98-91 in that game, and that that was a that was a really good win for Danny. It was a really good win for us. They were number three in the country at that time. Um, that was a big win, and that one got us in the tournament. And and but but we wanted to win it. So Oklahoma State was 23rd, um, beat them again, and uh, and yeah, that was an unbelievable run. And and I just I just loved the way we played um, offensively, where Danny just. He, he he wanted to push the ball. He gave the guy he gave the guys freedom to shoot the ball if they were open. Um, we we kind of taught him to take good shots within that fast play. What still what a good shot was. So we didn't just take bad shots. It was good shots, but we wanted to score, and that was the way Danny liked to play. Um, and then of course a couple of days later we had to go to New York to play in that Thursday round of. Um, uh, against Penn, and just we just we just didn't have it back yet from that three days in the tournament. Um, we were really praying for a Friday game and something in the Midwest, but of course they sent us east. and And not making excuses, but but I I just I vividly remember walking off our practice floor Wednesday because we had to give the guys Monday off. I remember walking off the floor in in New York and. Pikowski told me, "Just I don't have my legs yet," and I just thought, "Man, this is going to be a really tough one." They had two guards end up playing the NBA, and uh, Penn got us, um, which was a little disappointing. But yeah, just great memories of that year, um, and some some big big time wins in it. It's Coach Jeff Smith with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, talking that 1993-94 Nebraska basketball season. They win the Big 8 tourney. They head off to the NCAA tournament. And, and Coach, I want to get your thoughts on the, the K4 Airwaves. Yesterday had Danny Nee on with the morning hookup, and he talked about bringing in that Danny Nee offense, combining it with the Moiba defense in order to, to really get hit this thing going at Nebraska. And worked early. First year was good. And then there, there was a rough stretch for a couple of seasons before this 93-94 squad. And I want to get your memories of, of this team. When did you know it could be something like this? A team that could make the NCAA tournament, a team that could potentially go win the Big A. At what point in the season did you, did you realize that? Do you remember? First of all, I knew I started Danny's third year and we had a rough year, but I knew the future was bright because Pajkowski and Chubbick were both redshirting. Uh, Bo Reed was recovering from an injury and didn't play. And, and our scout team was beating our starters consistently in practice. And you could just, we, we talked about pulling those guys out of red shirt midway through the season because they were playing so well in practice. And, but we stuck with it. Danny wanted to stick with it. But I knew, I knew at that point um, that we had a really bright future if, you know, fans and, and of course, Coach Devaney was, he was perfect for Coach Nee. They were two, two peas in a pod. And he <laughs> trusted Danny and liked his style and loved the way he played. So he was going to give Danny time, you know, but we knew the next year we're going to be pretty good. And then, then we went 26 and eight because oh, everything kind of came together with Rich King improving and, and guys like that. And um, so, you know, we knew that we knew during that 10 and 18 year um, that we were going to be good. It was just, we just had to have patience. We had to develop those players and get them ready. And, uh, and then it paid off big time. But once, once we had that 26 and eight year, that validating year, 
we knew we were kind of playing the right way. We were playing it. We were filling Devaney Center. We were playing exciting basketball. We were trying to play as good as defense as we were playing offense and couldn't always do it, but we were playing good enough defense to help us win. So we knew we kind of had a formula. We knew we had the talent, and, and, but, but it gave us so much confidence that we could win 26 games. And, and that confidence just carried over from year – for those four years, we just had a lot of will, a lot of confidence, and a lot of uh, team camaraderie was really good. Um, and, you know, then, it, then a couple of years later, we had Strickland and John Boone and Terrence Badgett and those guys and uh, just brought in that extra talent, you know, and Derek Chandler came in and when, when Rich King left and just, just keep, kept adding, adding talent. You know, win, win, winning breeds winning and, and breeds recruiting, so that's kind of what took place. So, yeah, it, I, knew, I knew when we were 10 and 18, and I was telling people, we're going to be good, and, and uh, it was pretty easy to see. Coach, how big is tomorrow with kind of the, the, the skid Nebraska's on? You, you can't drop another one here. Northwestern's a pain in the neck to deal with. Yeah, you know, everybody's, everybody's better at home. I mean, you look at Rutgers. They're, they're just not that good on the road, but you get them at home when their fans get into it. Everybody shoots a little better at home. I hope that's the case for us tomorrow. Tomorrow's a, a, really, a really strong challenge. Boo Bowie is a, one of the best guards in the country and maybe would be the player of the year if it wasn't for Zach Eady. He's, he's averaging 18 a game. He's averaging five assists a game. I think he jumped up to second in their pro, uh, pro, program history for assists. So not only does he score, but he also gives it up and sees the floor well, and he also defends. He's a very complete player. I just don't want it to come down to – uh, tie game with the hand with the ball in Boo Booey's hands because he's he's special at the end of halves and quarter or half, both halves and games and he's he's dangerous. Um, we're going to have to really really work defensively to contain him. The thing I do like about this matchup is their bigs their bigs aren't big scores. They're they're they have a seven footer, but he's not. We seem to have a little more trouble with the quick jump, the, the fast twitch, the mm-hmm. bouncy posts. And um, I, I, this, this kid, their, their posts are not quite like that. They're a little slower. I think we match up to them well. So it's, this is really a guard game. Their, their four top scorers are guards, and they're talented guards. So this is a guard matchup game to me. Last thought here, Coach. Jeff Smith with us, assistant for Nebraska during the knee years and, of course, uh, Hall of Famer with Southeast Basketball. So as you look right now, would you put Nebraska bubble? Do you think they're still in? And, and I hate to, to go crop projection here. A lot of basketball left, but I, I, I notice and sense urgency with this team because they, they've been good enough to have double-digit leads and even in their losses. Yeah, I, I put them bubble. I think that you know the Purdue win could weigh huge if we are on that bubble, but that's where I'd put them right now. There's just too much season left to say either way and, and – Really, we've had a, you know, obviously everybody wanted to win that Rutgers game. We put ourselves in position to do it. Um, the nine-minute drought was tough. The rebounding was tough. But I, I think we're bubble. I think we've got that's And, you know, you talked about the importance, importance of this game. Home court is huge. you, you got to win your home one. So I heard last week guys talking about, oh, that Rutgers game's a must game. It really wasn't a must game. It was a gettable game, but not a must game. 
tomorrow at home might be a must game because I think we got to go at least 500 in the league. And, and obviously it's easier win at home than it is on the road. I, I really think if we go 500 in the league, we've got a great chance to get in. Jeff Smith with us. Coach, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy catching up with uh, players and coaches. And thanks for time with us today. You bet, guys. Thanks. Stay warm. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, sort of. We have two segments left as I wake up. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. It's Hale Varsity. Powered by Cornhead Lager. It's Friday forecast time, and he has dethawed enough to pick up the phone and call. And we love hearing from Clausburn. He is imaginary. He wears red, and he is all about the Friday forecast. Claus, how are you? Well, I'm obviously a little bit cold. You know, I would have, I would have thought with as much Aquanet has been used in this house by Nance and the girls that we would have solved this with global warming, but apparently not. I did try to get in touch with Justin Trudeau and said, we'll quit winning all the Stanley Cups if you'll keep this crap up there. And he didn't return my calls. So I've done my part. Hopefully we can heat up the airwaves with a riveting segment, though. My hopes aren't too high. Claus, uh, you're, you're beautiful. Real quick, a, a quick addition. Over under Dylan Raiola passing yards Polynesian Bull tonight. Should we set it at 200? 225? You're going over under 225, Elijah. I'm going under. All right. Claus? I will take over because I'll never bet against a Hawaiian. Not again. Okay. I love it. Is there a story behind this? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to go over. Without further ado, let's uh, get into the Friday forecast uh, with Claus. NFL action with uh, a side of Nebraska Northwestern. Texans, Ravens, minus nine. You know what? I I think the Texans are formidable. I, I like what they've done. I just can't trust them on the road at Baltimore. And I think Baltimore probably dirties a cover. Uh, probably like a 31 to 20 type deal. Uh, give me uh, Lamar and give me Baltimore. I think C.J. Stroud struggles in the cold. He said last offseason he loves cold weather games, but he wishes all cold weather football teams played in a dome. C.J. Stroud, that means you don't love cold weather football. Therefore, I will take the Ravens. I will take the Ravens to cover 28-17. to A winning cover for Baltimore. Klaus, how you feeling here? Texans and Stroud uh, to go back-to-back against the more experienced quarterback, or do you like Baltimore at home? Well, obviously, C.J. Stroud and the Texans have had sort of a Cinderella year. Uh, Stroud has played very well. There was some controversy, I guess, that NBC had edited out his uh, uh, his profession of his Christian faith, and people were up in arms. But those are the same people that as soon as the preacher starts getting into his sermon, sneak out to the bathroom and start playing Clash of Clans on the toilet. So probably a little <laughs> hypocrisy there. But I think overall, the more experienced quarterback in this game just happens to be C.J. Stroud, plus about 10. So I'll take the Ravens in this one, and I like Elijah's score. It pains me, though, to say it's 28-17. 
to San Fran we go. Green Bay, Jordan Love. And Green Bay's offense is clicking. Great run game against Dallas, but that's been a lot of teams, or at least a lot of teams in the postseason. Those young wideouts look good and uh, different defense. They're going to be facing different environments. San Francisco is loaded on offense. They are talented on defense, and uh, they are a headache to defend. I like San Francisco to, to win and cover. And you know what? They'll uh, they'll they'll be uh, comfortable here by halftime, I think. But give me a 35-21, two-touchdown win for San Francisco. And not yet, not quite yet for Jordan Love and Green Bay. Uh, the question to me with San Fran, rest versus rust. I think Green Bay uh, really kicked into high gear last week against the Cowboys. I think they're going to be playing with a lot of confidence. I got Green Bay outright in this one. 31 to 28, a lot you of points. I think you're going money line, Green Bay going outright. Money wow. line, Green Bay outright. It's uh, It's been uh, Green Bay's boogeyman, as we said with Jacob. I think Green Bay gets over that hump. I don't think they make the Super Bowl, but I do think they beat the 49ers on wow. Saturday night. Man, that's bold. That is impressive, and we'll make fun of you Monday. Uh, <laughs> Claus, what happens here? Green Bay, you like the points? You like uh, Elijah's comfort in, uh, in, in Jordan Love, or do you like San Fran? Well, I just want to make it clear that I have both of your phone numbers, so I won't even wait until Monday to make fun of the live <laughs> that, that, we, we don't need to add 48 hours to it. So. <laughs> but I've done some research watching some San Francisco film, and it's clear that the Purdies have some quarterback talent in that bloodline, so... I felt compelled to go back down to the equipment room and check all the footballs in case we had a Monstar Space Jam situation where they touch one and all their talent goes into it (laughs) and they throw it to the other team. But I didn't find anything, so hopefully that bodes well for Brock. I'm going to take the 49ers in this one, 31, and Green Bay 21. Cover and win for the Niners. Tampa, Detroit. Tampa's been fun. It was awesome to see Levante David cut it loose and, and and move on in the playoffs. Never been a Philly fan. Detroit, a lot of fun, uh, and they have the city excited again. That's a great environment. I think Detroit wins, but I think Tampa covers uh, tw- just barely. 27-21 is where I'm going. I'm similar to you in this, Schmitty. I think Detroit covers. I think there's going to be too much ju- juice up at Ford Field, and I think that's a, a team that's playing really well right now, too. They're playing for their head coach, and they're playing his style I have Detroit to win. I have Detroit to cover, but I do have Trey Palmer to score a touchdown. Okay. Give me Detroit 27 and the Buccaneers 20. Okay, so just barely uh, getting in there. Claus, what say you with Detroit or Tampa? Well, it's it's an interesting one because in Nebraska, of course, we have a lot of fans that are sort of football-free agents and just pick an NFL team because we don't have one particularly close. A lot of folks end up choosing Green Bay, Minnesota, Kansas City, Denver, things like that. But then some folks go ahead and decide to choose the team that their favorite player went to. So it'll be interesting to see how many people are pulling out their 54 bucks jerseys or how many people dig back deep in the closet from 15 years ago pretending to be Lions fans for Indomitian. So I think this one probably goes the way of the Lions. I think they're a little better team. But Baker Mayfield, probably going to play pretty well. I'll take Detroit in this one. No cover, 24. <clears throat> and uh, Tampa Bay, 21. 
We'll squeeze in Buffalo KC here. We might have to wait to the other side for Claus's take on it. But I like Kansas City. Everyone's writing them off. I think Kansas City's run game is the difference. I think they're physical. And uh, I just I hate doing it because I like Buffalo. I like Josh Allen. But KC's run game and Allen and the turnover bug are the difference. Give me Kansas City outright. 24-21, the win. Butker at the buzzer. Despite what I said about San Fran and Green Bay, this is your game of the weekend. It goes to overtime. Josh Allen gets his revenge in overtime. Give me the Bills 34 and the Chiefs 27. So you're thinking that many points potentially in what could be uh, hell freezing over. I think it's Blizzard. a higher scoring game than people think. Okay. Claus, you hang tight. We'll get your Kansas City Buffalo pick here in two seconds, all right? Okay. Claus is annoyed as all get out. We tell him to hang on the line. But uh, stick around as uh, we'll wrap up the Friday forecast. Clausburn predicts Kansas City Buffalo, and we'll make our pick with Nebraska Northwestern. Do you have an updated line? I said minus two. I have not seen one. Give me a second. Yeah, Elijah's going to. I'll go work my bookie source. He, he knows a guy. Uh, Friday forecast winds down. Hail Varsity with you on a Friday, powered by Cornhead Lager. And now. And now, back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hail Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play for the podcast. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And uh, as always, the video portion of the show, the Hail Varsity YouTube channel, Hail Varsity Radio Twitter feed. Find us and follow us there at HVarsity Radio Pro Volleyball. In Omaha, the Supernovas hit the court for the first ever Pro Volleyball Federation match. Coming up soon, January 24th against the Atlanta Vibe. Be sure to check them out. First serve at 7 at chisupernovas.com. Log on now. Secure your single match or season tickets with the Supernovas. Join the volleyball movement sweeping across the country and see your Major League Volleyball team, the Omaha Supernovas. That's NCAA National Champions on the roster. All-Americans and Olympians, supernovas.com. Let's fire up the forecast and wind down here. Minus three, the number. Clausburn, you are on the clock here. Buffalo or Kansas City? Well, as I, as I understand, the Bills have been on, a, on a, quite a winning streak here lately. And it all started when one of their fans fell into the big giant pit that is to be their new stadium. (laughs) And since then, they've been sacrificing a fan to be thrown into the pit every week, and they haven't lost a game. And this is absolutely true. You can look it up. It is. My point is this. Do any of you guys know a good backhoe guy and a plot of land we can start digging up somewhere near the Salt Creek? (laughs) How about a Home Depot parking lot? Wow. I think somebody's already taken care of that. <laughs> but if you guys want to grab a couple bottles of Dickel and try it again, I'm sure we can. No. <laughs> you got a score? <laughs> As soon as I'm able to speak on my own again. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take Buffalo in this one, 21 in Kansas City, 17. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Nebraska Northwestern. <laughs> minus four and a half. Minus four and a half. Nebraska's favored. Oh, give me Nebraska, I guess. Uh, 78 72, the win and cover at home and on Danny Me Day. Yeah, Danny Me Day is going to be big for Nebraska. Win, big cover. Give me 80 to 64, scores on top. Okay, big time win. Claus, what do you say? Well, heading into the break, you suggested that Elijah might uh, have a guy and be connected <laughs> uh, to get gambling lines. And now I'm really starting to question Elijah, is your guy, in fact, Danny Me? No. I will not confirm or deny. There would be no better explanation than that. So I'll take the last guy to win anything here, being in the house to really bump up the intensity. Nebraska 80 and Northwestern 65. Claus and Elijah on the uh, the blowout train. I like it. Claus, we'll let you know if we find a big old hole to jump in <laughs> this weekend. All right. <laughs> Okay. There he goes. Clausburn, imaginary. He wears red. Part of the Friday forecast. Hope you're going to have a great weekend. Take us with on the podcast weekend edition tomorrow morning, 7.45 a.m. on the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Stream us there. Talk to you next time with Hale Varsity, powered by Cornhead Lager. A Huda Media Production.